0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Celeste Catano, who is Global Product Manager, Customs Management at Bluejay Solutions. And today we're going to talk about how to create friction-free borders with customs management. Now, you know, we we talk a lot about you know globalization in supply chain management, but when you peel back the onion uh, on the process, you realize that there's you know it's just enormously complex. Uh, with a lot of risk uh, associated with it and unless you have the right people processes and technology to effectively manage the process um, your ability to you know move bro- uh, you know goods across borders can can literally come to a, to a halt um, so what are some of those you know key capabilities that companies need what what are some of the the hurdles and challenges that companies need to overcome well that's you know some of the topics uh, that we're going to address in-, in today's episode and certainly you know, great to have Celeste on the program, who has a wealth of experience and knowledge in this area, you know, help, help us kind of address this topic, you know, uh, and, and provide some insights and advice on it. So, Celeste, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks. Glad to be here. Now, now Celeste, you know, uh, you're a first-time guest on Talking Logistics, and like I always like to do whenever we bring someone new on board, is to really try to understand a little bit about their background, how, invo- how and why they got involved in this whole industry to begin with. So, Kind of before we dive into the topic at hand, you know, why don't you tell us briefly uh, a little bit about your career path, you know, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at, at Blue Jay?
1: Yeah, well, I've been with uh, Blue Jay and the predecessors for 40 years. Um, so you can start from there. I've, uh, when I was in college, I took uh, classes in computer, in, well, my original degree was in math and I switched over to computer science and managed to get a job when I, graduated. And now in those, in those days, everybody, you know, it was infancy of, of computers in business. So every, a, a software company would, would do a custom program for everybody. And we had a, a company approach us that was in the, uh, it was a customs broker. And, um, you know, they asked us to, to put a program together for them and then their friend needed, you know, a similar kind of thing. So we then did theirs and all of a sudden somebody in the company, um, you know, had this bright idea of this might be a, a nice vertical market. And so I kind of fell into it. <laughs> and uh, along the way, I uh, decided um, we were relying on our customers to tell us what, um, what we needed and decided that, you know, the roles needed to be reversed a bit. And so I pursued getting my uh, customs broker license and, um, and did get licensed. Um, so now I feel like I have the information and the knowledge to be able to say, this is what our programs need and not have to rely on a customer to always tell us, oh, this, this customs regulation is changing. We need that. So, um, and the you know, rest is history. I've been, uh, uh, doing the global stuff, um, now for just, uh, about four months. And, uh, you know, so that, that's a real eye opener as well. Um, cause part of that I was just doing the U S.
0: So. Yeah. Wow. That, you know, so, so 40, 40 years. So you, I was going to say you started when you were 10 years old. That's, that's, you know, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah.
1: I, I, I like to say two now because, you know, now you can add the, the age in
0: there, but that's, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, it's, again, I, I always like asking this question because, you know, it's always amazing to me how, you know, the, the twists and turns that our careers take us in, right. You know, a math background, you know, got into kind of developing code, you know, got into a client asking in the customs brokerage industry to kind of uh, do a project for them. And then, you know, here you are now, you know, uh, years later and, and now a customs broker yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So so I think that's, that's a unique thing, too, as well. You know, being, um, you know, in many ways, you're in the front lines of what ultimately this technology needs to do. So you understand that aspect of it. But obviously, understand that the technology piece as well. So, so great, um, great background and perspective there. So, so let, let's talk now uh, about the topic here, and let's start with a basic question. I mean, how has customs management, you know, changed, you know, over the years? And, and you know, what are some of the the challenges and you know potential issues that companies face today?
1: Well, I think customs management has changed considerably over the years in the fact that um, customs is now requesting a lot more data and every, all the customs authorities, at least in major countries are automated. And so they're expecting all the, uh, everything to be, um, you know, full data, you know, really a, a paperless environment is what most countries are, are trying to achieve if they haven't gotten there yet. Um, so it really relies um, heavily on the data and what um, ERP systems um, from, from the different organizations can provide to the, um, you know, to the system to be able to uh, you know, send that data to customs and to be able to get everything clear. Um, like in the US, for example, um, just over in the last, the last few years, we now have what's called a single window. And in the single window, you now have to report data for potentially up to 15 different agencies in addition to customs. All, all with, all within that one data set to be able to um, provide that to customs before you can clear, um, clear customs. So, so before you had, you had goods that required this data, but it was the shipper that was set, filling out a form and sending that directly over to the agency. Um, so now it's, it's the, you know, the brokers or the filers have to be responsible for collecting all this data, and then um, supplying that to the agencies. Because before you can clear customs, you have to satisfy all the other agencies. Um, and so it adds adds a lot more complexity on that end. And, uh, you know, so it really requires um, systems to be a lot more robust um, than than what they used to in the past.
0: Yeah, and I think it, it gets to the point of, you know, I think it underscores, which is true in, in so many different supply chain processes, you know, the importance of having timely and accurate, you know, data and information, yeah. right? Because you one you, you 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 miscommunicate something, or you're missing a piece of data uh, that 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 brings the process to a halt. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, so it's interesting. Kind of moving away from the paper processes, right, to more automated. I, I would assume that I know when I first really started looking at, at this whole process, um, it was uh, really after nine eleven. And and nine eleven, I think, uh, obviously, security has become a, a bigger aspect of all this as well. Right.
1: Absolutely. And a, a lot of countries have been putting in, in um, programs in place. Like in the U.S., we have CTPAT, which is a, you know, Customs Partnership Against Terrorism. And then you've got in Europe, you've got the um, Authorized Economic Operator, I think is what their acronym, AEO stands for. And, you know, so different countries have put these in place. And basically what, they, what they're trying to do is, if you're a good guy and you subscribe to these programs, um, like with CTPAT, you've got to have a verification of all of your uh, facilities. They have to meet certain rec- security requirements. Um, and so you go through all of these steps. And so then customs can then label you as, you know, a good guy, a known importer, um, somebody that has um, their supply chain under control. And, you know, they may give you uh, benefits as you're, as you're doing your, your shipments. So your entries may, may end up with fewer examinations. Okay, just by participating in these programs, so it you know there's there's a lot of those kind of things that were recently introduced um you know that uh that do help the importers um along the way
0: right yeah. and and you kind of alluded to this you know the the the, the variety of different um uh, parties that are involved in in the whole mm-hmm. process here now you know historically you know companies have relied on on you know brokers to handle you know a large part of of customs management are you seeing um, you know, companies looking to bring more of this process in house, and, and if so, what what's driving it?
1: Um, I think a lot we have been seeing a number of companies that are looking to to put things in house, um, and typically uh, I think a lot of those companies, the reason they're doing it is for um, reducing their costs um, as well as like in the us, the importer is ultimately responsible for all of the customs compliance. So a lot of them are um, wanting to make sure that they're, they're compliant and that they do it. Um, to me, if, you've got, um, if you're an importer that has, um, let's say, a, a very narrow range of products where you, you make one widget and that's all you're doing is making this one widget, okay? In those cases, you probably can bring your compliance in, in-house. Because once you learn what you need to do to import this widget, you're, you're pretty much done. But if you're, um, a mass retailer, you know, with, with, you know, a wide variety of different goods, you know, a Walmart, those kind of things where, um, you know, they have a a major, major list of, um, of components that they bring in or, you know, items, you know, they're not going to know all of the different regulations that customs requires for all of those different parts. So if you've got, um, you know, that wide variety, you really sort of need to rely on a broker whose, whose core competency is to know everything about customs, okay? If you're just a mom and pop type importer, you're not gonna, your core competency is gonna be to, what you need to, to do to to make your, your widget. Um, you don't wanna have to deal with all of the custom stuff, so having a customs broker is definitely um, the way to go for, for companies that, that wanna do that.
0: Um, right, you know, I think you know one of the things that I, I often see is just the the complexity, even with things such as classifying products, right, with with HTS codes, and you know, and I, I've I've looked at some of those systems, you know, at the, the actual classification system, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to find the right classification for something, particularly for newer products that might be relatively new, that you know may fall in one or two categories, and, and that could be the difference between. You know, you being able to import or export it, or the the amount of duties and taxes that are might be involved. So, so I think you're right. I mean, there's a lot of complexity even just that aspect of it, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, you could you could have stuff
1: that um, a woman's sweater, for instance. You could have it made out of out of a certain type of wool, and it's classified under one number. Um, you add a pearl button to it, and all of a sudden, now you have to worry about fish and wildlife. Um, you know, getting involved in the mix. And what do you need to be able to uh, you know, to comply with them. So, you know, you really, it's kind of, it's helpful to have those experts, especially, um, you know, when you're, when you're introducing new products and, uh, and, uh, that that kind of stuff to the mix because right. it, it's so complex. It's,
0: it's, yeah. So, so let's, you know, and we kind of started talking about it already, but you know, for companies that are you know thinking about bringing more of these processes mm-hmm. in, in in-house, I mean, um, uh, you know, what are some of the important factors, you know, to consider? I mean, what are some of the common pitfalls to avoid? Uh, well,
1: I think a lot of the, the stuff that um, that they need to think about um, is more how do they maintain those records? How do they, all of the information that they have on all of their parts and, and items that they're importing? Do they have all the registration numbers that they need? For the different agencies, are those um, you know readily available? Do you you know if you're looking to claim um, one of the the preference preferential um, duty rates? Do you have all of the documents to substantiate that? Do you have the proper certificates of origin that that um, that will will tell you that you have um, the right to, to make those claims? Um, you know, and a and a broker would be able to you know, they would have checklists to say, you know, do you have this, do you have, you know, they make sure that you have that. So there's a lot of those kind of things that a broker would naturally have. So an importer, if doing it themselves would have to basically have that same, um, same type of record keeping on their side. Um, and obviously they, if they want to bring it in house, they have to have a system that can communicate with the customs authorities. Um, you know, and a lot of people, um, you know, we'll rely on companies like us to do that. Um, and uh, you know, in in a lot of in a number of years ago, a lot of companies would try to program those themselves. But the customs authorities are so complex now, and you know they can change on on a on a whim. And now you're having to you know get your IT folks that know about making your own widgets, having to you know reprogram the systems to do customs. So you know from a a software side you know we're seeing we're seeing fewer people um you know doing their own anymore but um but the uh uh the you know importers would definitely uh need a system in order to uh in order to do any of this themselves
0: right No, it's uh you, you know I, I think even if they had their own system that they built themselves they're a step ahead of of at least from my experience mo- most cus- companies out there i mean i i remember going to a conference a few years ago and they were literally using Excel spreadsheets as their, you know, customs management system. And, right. you know, they're trying to just to get the, um, the attention of upper management in terms of how critical, important, um, you know, this whole process is and how ideally they should have a system in place that right. is, uh, you know, an enterprise grade solution versus, you know, trying to keep Excel spreadsheets up to date. Um, Was was very frustrating, you know, you know, for them. So I and I remember years, even years further back, a VP of 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 trade compliance at a a very large multi billion dollar uh, 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 pharmaceutical company, I believe it was. You know, she said, uh, "You you know, we're we're like at the bottom, you know, the priority list. Our man, our management just views us as paperwork, and they don't really realize, you know, Mm -hmm. how much risk and cost." and potential liability, you know, we are responsible for, but uh, you know, for, for people in the C-level suite, we're just paperwork.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, we get, definitely hear that a lot. Yeah.
0: Right, so so I think, you know, along with the technology, obviously you have to have the upper management support and the understanding of, of what role this plays of the people such as yourself that have kind of intimate knowledge of what the custom processes are. And then, you know, obviously the, you know, the right processes and, and integrations in, in place. Um. So, so let's dive a little bit deeper into, into the technology uh, now. I mean, what, what capabilities should should companies look for in, in a customers management solution? And, uh, you, you know, obviously, glo- glo- there's a lot of discussion these days about, you know, global trade networks and uh, 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 supply chain operating networks, as I like to call them. I mean, what's the role of a global trade network in, 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 as part of the process here?
1: Well, I think something like the, the global trade network, uh, we'll start with that part first, Um the global trade network is really um, a way to to tie shippers, transportation, logistics, customs, the whole supply chain all together. Um, and what it does from the customs side is, if you're if you're doing business in you know x number of countries and decide that you're going to add another country, right? Our global trade network would allow you to be able to see which customs brokers. Are working in that space um, you know do we have the expertise already for those those countries um, and you'd be able to you know maybe identify a partner easily that you know um, you know obviously follows good practices if they're um, already on our network and um, you know so it, it helps connect a lot of people together from the customs part I mean from the transportation side I mean there's a lot of benefits from you know, from sourcing and saving money and, and that kind of stuff for the, the actual transportation. But I think from the customs point of view, I think a lot of it is, is relationships that, uh, that will be there. But, so going back to, um, to your first part of your question is, what kind of things should be in a global um, customs management system? Um, there's a number of things. Um, one, of, one of the key things is a denied party screening. Uh, basically, to make sure that you 're not you 're not sending goods to um, a company or, or individual that is on on the uh, sanction list, um, we have a system that takes care of that. We have um, a number of different lists that we uh, maintain um, and we can we can review um, the data um, you know the, the, the parties that you 're shipping to um, on, against those lists very easily um, We also have um, things like um, document determination. Um, if you're exporting something to a country, do you need specific licenses? Do you need um, any any special certification to be able to um, export it? Okay, so that, that's another area. Um, as I mentioned earlier, all of the data that needs to be collected, you need a, a robust parts database, item data ma- master, so that you can store all of the data and all of the Um, codes and things that you need for all these 15 agencies or however number of different countries that you're uh, doing business with. Um, You also need to uh, um, look at at tools that that help you um, manage all of the dates and deadlines. Um, In in the U.S., for instance, you can clear customs on one day, but then you have 10 days to have to do a follow-up, what they call an entry summary. And so you have to make sure that you do that in 10 days. If you don't do it in 10 days, you're gonna get fines for late filing. So you need tools that are gonna help you monitor these kind of dates. And then the other thing is you need the whole um system to be able to monitor your payments to customs. Are you making those payments you know timely? Um if you don't pay on time, then you even get more fines. So, you know, there's a lot of you know, those types of tools that um you know, that, that really need to be in, um, in a customs management system.
0: Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, no, I think you, 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 know, those, those examples you just gave, I think, you know, kind of underscore, you know, what I said in my opening com- comments, you know, when you really start peeling back the onion on, on this whole process, you realize how, you know, complex, you know, it is and, and how there's so many opportunities to, you know, uh, uh, you know, fall into pitfalls, you know. Uh, and And you know either incur higher than than anticipated costs or you know be in, in non compliance situations that can have a whole host of you know ramifications there you know i think from a from a global trade management or global trade network standpoint um, uh, you know you 're right i mean the way I view it is particularly because there is so many parties involved here you know the ability to you know from my standpoint you know companies have a choice you know they can either connect one to one with all of these separate agencies and and parties to exchange information, you know, which could be, you know, tens, if not hundreds of individual connections, or you connect once to the network and have, you know, the network be kind of the platform where that data resides and, and then have, give everyone access to that data and, and kind of power the process, you know, through there. Uh, and to your point, you know, the ability to discover, you know, new trading, new, new partners, whether they're broker partners or transportation partners. To help you know with the overall end-to-end process, I think is a, a pretty valuable prop, value proposition of, of that part of it. Um, so, so, you know, can can you share with us some um, you know some of the benefits that, that companies are achieving you know using a, a customs management solution? And, and in other words, I mean, what, what's the business case? You know, going back to you know the, the fact that upper management sometimes just uses as paperwork. I mean, if you're trying to build a business case, to upper management, I mean, what what are the key metrics that are impacted?
1: Well. I, this is sort of a tricky one because one of the key metrics is not having to, to be being compliant and not having additional fines. And so it's kind of a negative. I don't know how you would actually physically measure that, but um, you know, but some of the things that, you know, that you want to be able to monitor and measure are, you know, what, how quickly are you getting stuff through the borders? Are, are, you know, 10% of your shipments having to be stopped and being examined? Um, if that's the case, then, you know, work with customs to find out why you're being selected more often than, you know, than the normal, um, you know, the normal rate is it, you know, would it be more advantageous if you joined CT Patent or something like that? Um, you know, so you, you've got, you know, those kind of metrics, um, you've got, um, you know, what's, how often are your shipments, your shipments being accepted directly when you send them to customs the first time? Okay, that measures whether or not you've got a good system in place. Does your system have, you know, complete validation and edits that are stopping the data while, you're, while your people are, you know, while the data is flowing through versus, you know, waiting for customs to tell you you have a mistake. Um, you know, because if you have, if you get, you know, 99 point whatever percent that they're going through the first time, customs will say, hey, these are good people, let's, you know, let's let's not look at every single thing that that they're doing i mean if every other entry is being rejected uh you know that's something to look at too i mean that tells customs that you know wait a minute, they have kind of a shoddy uh shoddy system here and uh you know are not uh, are not really looking at the details so um you know so some of these things are um you know as far as kpis it's really you know, more just on a on a compliance. You know, am I uh, am I hitting it right? Um, as far as what they could tell, for management, yeah.
0: You <laughs> know. Well, I think um, it, you raised some great you, you raised some great points there because I mean, when you look at you, you know if if your shipments are constantly getting delayed at customs, right? Um, you know, you're basically adding days uh, to the overall you know lead time. And and you're also have lead time variability because sometimes it may be you know it might take uh, a day sometimes it might take ten days, and and when you look at it from a lead time standpoint a lead time variability standpoint all all those things work into uh, your inventory holding uh, you know how much inventory you hold really to, as a buffer to you know lead time and lead time variability, so you could actually put a dollar figure uh, on that you know because mm-hmm. of. Uh, you know what's in costing you having to hold extra inventory because you just have that uncertainty around lead time and how long it's going to take to go right. through uh, through customs and but you're right, you're all sometimes you know telling a, a CEO, well you know we can prevent you from going to jail, right or we yeah. can prevent you from not being able to export product anymore mm-hmm. because' you're, you're send, sending products to someone on the deny party uh, list or, or a sanctioned party or something like that. I mean th- those are all prevention you know, types of things that it might be a little bit more difficult to to put a dollar figure on, um, mm-hmm. or at least, uh, you know, it's not as, uh, as as convincing, you know, until you actually get bit and then you realize mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, how how important it was to be, to begin with. Um, right. You know, so last, we're running out of, out of time here, so I'm just going to go right to my last question. I mean, mm-hmm. as a way to wrap up, I mean, what, what questions should, you know, shippers ask themselves to assess whether they have all the pieces necessary, you know, to create friction-free borders?
1: Well, I think, I think the big thing is, do they have the right data um, available to be able to, um, you know, to do that? Um, you know, do they have, um, you know, all the right partnerships in place? You know, have they looked at doing CTPAT AEO? Um, do they have um, the right uh, people in place or the right uh, partner in place to help them with the classification? with the assessment of the, um, you know, countries of origin? Um, do they have, um, you know, all the, all the pieces that, um, you know, that Customs is looking for? Um, you know, for, for multi, um, you know, countries, uh, companies, you know, do, can they use the export data from one country as import data to the next, okay? can you, do you have that data available that'll, that'll help transition and, and move things smoothly? Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of countries are now, you know, trying to, you know, with like with the U S and Mexico, I mean, we're, we're doing a lot more with them. Um, you know, trying to, trying to smooth the, the transition of that data and, uh, you know, so we'll see how that, uh, that all plays out. But, um, Unfortunately, at this point, I think data is, you know, is a big part of this whole thing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I think we mentioned it before, right? You know, there's so much uh, data, knowledge, information that's required in, in, in really, you know, smoothing the whole process of getting goods through borders. And I think what adds to the complexity is the fact that a lot of this information is continuously changing, right? Whether it's the actual night party lists or, you know, the regulations themselves, uh, obviously, pro- companies are adding new products all the time, adding new, you know, new, new countries into their supply chains all the time. So it's a very dynamic and, and ever-changing process that you know companies have to, you know, keep a pulse on. I think it, it goes back to you know some of the other things we talked about, you know, the importance of relationships and and collaboration with with brokers, transportation providers, and, and others other stakeholders in this whole process. Um, you know, Celeste, like I always say at the end of our, our, all our episodes, we are, we always just manage to scratch the surface on these mm-hmm. topics. And particularly in this case, you know, it's such a complex topic that it's impossible to, to get through it all in, in just, you know, a few uh, minutes here. But I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to at least, you know, provide some, some good insights and advice and to, to get people, companies thinking about, you know, what, what it takes to uh, really succeed in customs management. Mm-hmm. You're
1: welcome. Thank you.
0: Uh, Thank you to uh, those of you who joined us today. Uh, If you are watching this episode on demand, either on the Talking Logistics website or on the Blue Jay Solutions website, and you've got a question or comment for Celeste, uh, you can post a comment or a question there, and I'm sure she'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. So again, thank you all for joining us today. and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.